I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello. I'm going to leave this in. You said you were testing the microphones. That's working. Hello, and welcome to Gays on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I am Declan. And I'm Ned. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. We'll be taking... Taking? What we taking? Questions at the end. (laughs) We'll be talking spoilers throughout, as always, so proceed with caution. But before all that, Ned, I'd love to know what you've been watching since we last recorded. Well, not all that much as it goes. Well, it hasn't been long. We're actually back on it. Is it four days? When did we record? Sunday? Yeah. And it's Thursday now. Yeah. Yeah. So, not all that much to fill you in, listeners. Not like last time. But... And we didn't even touch everything. We actually left things last time because we thought... Well, I suppose we could touch on a few of those if you wanted to fill the time. No, 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 definitely not, no, no. Absolutely not. So, have you ever seen The X-Files? Oh, you talked to me, yeah. Um, Who else am I talking to? uh, No. Is that the one with... Gillian Anderson? Yes. Yes. I haven't, and I always think it's a classic I should watch, but there's too much of it, and it took me... I'm about halfway through season seven of The West Wing, which Mm. is the final one, Mm. and it's took me about three years... Yeah. How many seasons of The X-Files is there? That's a good question, uh, and one that I don't know the answer to right now. Why are you asking me? Well, because I've watched episode one a few weeks ago, and then episode two I watched this week, and you'll never guess what episode two title is. Okay. What? That was my guess. Oh, (laughs) no, I thought... (laughs) thought you were going to tell me off for being silly then. No. The episode title is Deep Throat. <laughs> oh my god. And... I didn't know you were starting to watch The X-Files. Have you finished Buffy? Is that why? No, I haven't finished Buffy yet, but I needed a bit of something else to watch. There's no chance in hell I'm going to watch that. There's 218 episodes in 11 seasons. How many episodes of Buffy are there? Buffy the... Because I've got 38 left. Left? Yeah. 144. Oh, so, yeah, I'm making good progress. Um, And I got to the end of episode two of X-Files, Deep Throat. No idea why it was called Deep Throat. Haven't the foggiest. Anyway, I also watched <laughs> Starship Troopers on the recommendation of my dear father. I don't know what that is. It's a really low-budget film. Although, I don't know if it's low-budget or not, because there's some 
relatively famous faces in it. It wasn't low budget at all. Well, it was very low production value. I mean, it came out in 97. Yeah. So the same year as Titanic. Yeah. And its budget was 100 to 110 million. Oh, fuck that. It was not a 110 million film. Gosh. Which nowadays would probably be about 200, which is like modern blockbuster yeah. average. Yeah. Anyway, it got a bit of a cult following, apparently, for being so bad. But, well, it's a bad film if you don't know what you're looking out for, but there's some good messages in there. Like, it's quite a, quite a fun um, critique, I guess, of nationalism and the nation state and colonial warfare. Themes and analysis, politics and propaganda. Yeah. Citizenship and violence. Yeah. And then there was a critical reassessment. So, yeah, I actually did quite enjoy it, if I'm honest. Um, According to Wikipedia... Did I even put it on Letterboxd yet? It currently has 68% on Rotten Tomatoes since it's kind of Mm. critical reassessment in modern times. Critical reassessment. Oh, did it flop at first then? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody liked it. Audiences or, or critics. No. Cinema score was a C plus, Ooh, which is bad. That is bad. I've not added it to my um, letterboxed log yet, so well, I'll have to do that now, afterwards. Tell the listeners what you would give it. Hmm. <laughs> I would say three stars. Fabulous. Yeah. Do you know who's in it? Denise Richards of Real Housewife of Beverly Hills. Interesting. Yeah. What did you watch it on? Disney Plus? Uh, That's what Just Watch is telling me it's free on. It is on Disney Plus, but now we watched it on um, by less than favourable means. (gasps) Ah, Shh. It's been out since 97. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's literally all I've watched since last we recorded. What about you? So two things I wanted to focus on. One is another documentary. So if you're any kind of political, current affairs buff like me, um, I watched a three-episode BBC documentary called Putin versus the West. And it's all about kind of the lead up to the Ukraine war, which is mm. obviously it's been airing because we're around the well, yeah. just over the year anniversary now. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it was quite interesting to see. It went back about probably ten or fifteen years, like when he got involved in the Arab up- uprising and the annexation of Crimea. And is that the, the Arab Sochi, Spring? Is that yeah, what that means? And the Sochi Olympics in the Winter Olympics that time. I remember that. All that kind of stuff. So it was really interesting geo- geopolitically. Oh. And then I just wanted to touch on the latest episode of The Last of Us, which again was doing some great stuff for queer representation. Um, with our main character, is she called Ellie? Yeah, Joan Ellie. Yeah. Don't know who I'm talking to there. Not me. Um, but anyway, the main character um, kisses another girl. <sighs> and then it gets sad again, because that's, that's all this show seems to do. Make you like somebody and then something happens to them. 
happened quite a few episodes now. But I think we've got two more left of The Last of Us, so I really wish you'd watched it with me, but everyone, including myself, knows you can't do anything remotely zombie, even though the show's creators do not call them zombies. They're not allowed, they weren't apparently even allowed to say the word zombie on set. Fair enough. They're infected. Yeah, uh, yeah, fine. Because I don't think they die like a zombie does and then reanimates. Well, okay, so they are the same sort of thing as I Am Legend because that was a virus. Or are you going to go and see the sequel of that with me? Absolutely not. Oh, come on. I can't. Actually, I can. Shall we segue into news then? With that, it's not what I put down as to what to talk about, but they are doing an I Am Legend sequel. And what I thought was interesting is, have you seen the first one? Yeah. He dies. Yeah. But then they did an alternate ending where he doesn't die. Yeah. Which I've seen. So now what they're doing is that's now going to be canon. Oh yeah, I did hear that. Mm. Alternate ending. Mm. Use that. I swear Michael B. Jordan's involved somehow, but I don't know how. Is Will Smith in it? I don't know. He's a bit nuclear at the minute. After the Oscars last year, which is silly because people make mistakes. And yes, it was what it was, but... There are people doing worse things in the world. Yeah, and I think if he was white, it would have been forgiven a bit easier. Probably. Um, But yes, uh, they're doing that. And some, well... Some sad news, but some news that I thought we could discuss something around it. So it's been announced that this fourth season of Succession, which will premiere this month, will be its last. Okay. Which is sad. I've not watched it. No, no, but it's sad. Yeah. But what I thought was good is, I'd rather, even though you think, oh, I'd love that show to go on forever, there's a sweet spot. Of when a show loses its pace uh, and its steam. My dad and probably people of his generation would refer to Fonzie jumping the shark. Have you heard such a phrase, Declan? I haven't. When a TV show jumps the shark, it means it's just being churned out for the sake of it. Because right. once upon a time, what was it the Fonz was from? Not happy days? I don't know. I have the... absolutely no clue. Anyway, some old-timey sitcom from the days of yore um, ran for loads and loads of seasons and they clear the writers had just lost interest and one day this guy uh, was, I think he was water skiing or something, being chased by a shark and he jumped over it and escaped. And everyone was like, I've had enough now. What? I don't understand what you've just said. He jumped over a shark on a water ski. Yeah, the point is, the TV show ran for longer than it should have done. How's that anything to do with a shark? Because Fonzie jumped the shark in this episode, and that's the example that people always use. Oh, right, right. So you were like, that was the plot, you were scraping the barrel. Yeah, exactly. So the lesson to be learned from TV production is you should always leave people wanting more. Yeah. And I thought, can you think of any TV shows that you think went on longer than it should have done? Mm, Don't hate me, gays, but I'm starting to feel a tiny bit like that about Buffy. 
But I don't know if that's just because I've been overdoing it myself, because obviously it would have come out once a year for a few years rather than all at once. Yeah. I actually think that the same about The West Wing. Because mm. the last, the six, six and seven totally pivots outside of the Oval and it's more about the next presidential campaign, the next president's campaign. Which isn't really what The West Wing is about. Really one. Yeah, I mean, it does go back and forward, but I yeah. think. And what else did I always think went on too long? Um... <laughs> Silence is good on a podcast. Yeah. Um... Um, oh, it was on the tip of my tongue. It was literally there. I think some people it? argue Friends went on too long. Oh, episode two of Friends was too much. No. Have you ever heard it without a laugh no, track? No, I haven't, but the... Li- the laugh track's there for a reason. Yeah, to make you laugh because it's not funny. I mean, it is. It's not, though. <laughs> but, like, you can't laugh in your own bedroom at TV. Well, I can, actually. Yeah, and I can, when right. it's funny. Hang on. There was something on the True Blood. I remember that going on for too long. Did it? Um, come on, you must have something. There's probably loads. I don't know. Coronation Street. There's a soap. I'm joking. Um, but... Yeah, I think it's sad, but I'm expecting a phenomenal final season. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, what a time we've had. But now, it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure. What have we got this week, Declan? So what we've got is... We've got a film called Strays, which is a talking dog film, which when we went to see Cocaine Bear this past weekend, we saw it for the first time. And me, you and your brother were all tittering along quite a lot at this. I'd say it exceeded a titter. Did you? Yeah, it was Well, let's watch it again and see if, if we get more. And so, yeah, links in the show notes. Watch along if you wish. Anything else I need to say? Because I keep getting this bit wrong. Um, no. See you after the sparkles. Ah, oh, yeah. Did you laugh as much the second time? I didn't actually, but it is funny. It is funny. Yeah. It's very much so, the premise is a dog who thinks his owner loves him. And they play a game called Fetch and Fuck. And he fetches it. He throws a ball, he fetches it, then runs off. And when the dog goes back to the house, the guy goes, fuck, because he doesn't like his dog. But this dog, being a happy little doggy, mm. thinks that he loves him. Mm. So he becomes a stray, and the main dog is played by Will Ferrell. And there's another dog who looks like another main character called, who's played by Jamie Fox. And it reminds me a bit of Ted. It's- the makers of Ted, isn't oh, it? Oh, well, yeah. I, well, I, I know it says the makers of 21 Jumps, and it is a silly... It said the makers of Ted. Did it? Yeah. Oh. Um, I know it's silly, and this kind of humour is normally below me. As long as it's less um, than two hours, I will be happy. I'm sure it will. Yeah. Be. I think it's going to be a good silly laugh. Hey, you ever been with an Afghan hound? <laughs> She didn't say hound. Oh, what did she say? Just Afghan. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> um, I tell you what looks good. The CGI is good. 
Mm. Hey, you would believe that that's the dog talking. It's just acting. <laughs> Those monkeys were on horses. Um, it's a Shang-Chi reference, everyone. They weren't really riding the horses. Oh, it they hips, were just it? acting. It? They were acting. Um, but their voice, they're like, sometimes on those films, what was the, what was the ones when we were a kid? Cats versus dogs. Cats and dogs. Cats and dogs. I loved that and one. The, the, the talk, but the mouths were slightly off with what it was saying. Oh, I never noticed because I was too busy loving the film. Do you remember the white cat? That was like the evil yeah. one. That was funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it looks along that. And it's also produced by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller who do... The Spider-Verse films. And oh, I've still not seen them. What else have they done? Lego movies, which have actually been really good. I've also not seen them. Um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I do like that one. Well done, that. With the spray-on shoes. I can't remember it. It's got spray-on shoes. Um, and yeah, How I Met Your Mother. The TV show. Do you know, our previous conversation about shows that went on too long, I considered saying How I Met Your Mother. Right. So that's an interesting full circle moment right there. They also produced The Mitchells versus The Machines. Which, haven't you fallen asleep every time we watched it and you've never seen it? In the early days of our dating, you were really excited to watch it together. You kept falling asleep. No, and... We fell asleep the first time, then we didn't finish it the second time, and then I fell asleep again the third time. So I haven't tried to watch it again. God knows what. <laughs> um, and they also produced our next episode. Not the episode. Cocaine Bear. Oh, okay. Um, oh, so... wouldn't it be fun if we got a producer? Yeah, and, you know, I never... And for the film buff I am, I always struggle <laughs> to understand what producers do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when they get on set, what's their day-to-day? What do they produce? Yeah. Because director is, like, oversees everything. Yeah. Whereas a producer... They could be on set, they could not be. Well... Quite often they do just visit now and again just to check. Aren't they like just sort of the ones that say, yeah, we'll do that script and we'll put this much money in it? Isn't that what a producer Probably, does? Probably, yeah. And keep an eye on it to see that it's going to make them more money yeah. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. We've probably cracked the code there, King. Yeah, we have. Um, so is that a trash or a treasure for you? Yeah, I can, yeah, I can have a treasure. Hey, if something makes me titter, it's a treasure. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I wish you wouldn't. I was about to do that, and you've done the hand <laughs> signal. And now for this week's headline feature, dear listeners. It's Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Coming up after this break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh, am I starting? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll start. Um, A plot synopsis? I have. Go on then. Generally, all is well for Scott Lang. Are you reading this in, like, how he reads his memoirs? Because that's what that sounded like then. That is why I put that in there, but I'm not going to oh, do right. that. Okay. Um, the biggest of his worries is that his activist daughter keeps getting arrested for peaceful protest. Um, and really, that's it. Until a device that Cassie built for mapping the quantum realm malfunctions and sucks them off into a universe <laughs> beneath our own. My God. <laughs> Oh, my autocorrect has put Dang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror has been exiled to this realm and has been plotting his escape for a long, long time. Sounds pretty good. Do you think I've got this synopsis game down? So have I. Because he used to complain at me. Oh, yours was, yeah. Yeah. You, there were two, there was that really, really long one where it's like you read the whole plot. Well, I just thought I was trying to pull the key details out, but it turns out that a lot of that film was important, so. (laughs) And then this happened, and then this happened. So, yeah, where would you like to start? Um, Well, I think this film is getting a little bit of an unfair rap. Right. People generally are complaining about it, but I quite enjoyed my time watching it. So And, like, I can see a lot of the criticisms. Like, I can... I don't feel like they're unwarranted, but I also feel like they're getting in the way of people just enjoying a film. I think what's going wrong is as Marvel have built a business that almost doesn't allow you just to enjoy the film. Mm. So it's part of this bigger narrative and this wider picture. Mm. So you... Whilst, and that might be a fault of theirs, where you should just be able to go in, enjoy a singular film, and then move on to the next one, dip in and out when you want to, probably go back in when there's a big Avengers film, like, all that kind of stuff. But I can't just watch a Marvel film thinking, this is just a Marvel film. Yeah, see, maybe that's the thing about putting so much work into creating this impressively complex cinematic universe is that some it's quite easy for films to not hold their own on their own isn't it is that what you're trying to say yeah yeah, yeah. now i can i can understand that but um which i think marvel are already starting to twig because i think they're, yeah. they're really starting to slow down there's rumors that we're now only going to get two tv shows a year rather than 
full five that we were getting. Oh, good. I like having um, a break between TV shows. It felt like it like, was a bit of an onslaught at one Marvel point. What was the last Marvel TV show? Um, don't tell me. I can't. I'm like, that's a genuine question. She-Hulk. So that finished a while ago. Yeah. Didn't it? Am I right? Yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. That finished a while ago, and there's absolutely no mention of when Secret Invasion's coming out. So... So I do think they're slowing mm. down. And I also think with the films, now they've had two rotten tomatoes on rotten yeah. tomatoes now. This and Eternals, which I actually think Eternals didn't deserve it. I actually look back more positively on, on Eternals than I did coming out of the film. You did say yourself that Eternals is better on a rewatch than it yeah. was the first watch. Whereas the more I think about this film, mm. the less I like it. I think same, but I still quite like. I still quite like it. So what didn't we like? Let me consult my notes. I didn't really like Bill Murray's cameo. I didn't really understand why he was in it, to be honest. Me neither. His character didn't make any sense, and neither did his character's storyline. Yeah. It would have been a much better film had Michelle Pfeiffer got with Kang and not. Bill Murray. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would have been juicy. Yeah. He reminds me, I said he was a bit like the wizard in Wizard of Oz. It was yeah. like that kind of character. There was a lot of themes in this film that felt very um, familiar, but not in Marvel. Like, yeah. There was a lot of, like, there was almost a cantina scene that felt a lot like Star Wars, and a lot of mm-hmm. the creatures looked like Star Wars kind of things. Yeah. Um... And yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know? I, Is that the only thing you didn't like? <laughs> no, no, no. There's a, well, another thing, not necessarily that I didn't like, but it's just been um, ruminating. Mm. It feels a little bit like if they never do anything more with Ant Man, Paul Rudd probably wouldn't mind. How oh, do you think? Yeah. Not that he didn't have fun with it. But like, how many is that now? Three, mm. plus a, plus a couple of Avengers. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It didn't feel like when it ended, Ant Man is gonna be like mm. a big hurrah. Well, that's what a lot. I'm gonna list some negatives now because we've only really given one or two there, <laughs> but. I think it started positively with the cold open with Janet stuck in the quantum realm. Yeah. And how she finds yeah. Kang originally. Oh, I did think of another thing I don't like, but I bet you'll list it. But then, the way it just went straight, like, it was straight in. There was no kind of, there was probably about five, ten minutes before we were sucked into the, sucked off into the quantum realm, like, straight in. And it just. I felt like it took that familiarity and just completely just shat on it. Like you, the familiarity no, of the Ant-Man films and the tone that we used to. And you just... I mean, this might have been a creative choice. The way they pulled into the quantum realm, it was like we were pulled on some like big knee-jerk thing. Yeah. I didn't like that. I thought the script Why was, didn't you like that? It didn't have any time to build or... It was just like... Oh, turn that off quick. But why do you want the story before the story? 
but I'd, I think it should have been better written that so uh, things happened and there were some stakes before they even went into the quantum realm. Yeah, I feel like Michelle Pfeiffer could have given a couple of details. Yeah. Oh, because you don't want to go down for there. Like, oh, no. For it's most like, of it, she was like, why? no, no, no. I'm not going to talk about it. As if something horrendous had happened. And to me, that was like really lazy writing. It was yeah. as if they hadn't actually thought what happened. Yeah. In until, the script. Until afterwards. And thought, oh, oh no, can't go there. Scary Kang. Wouldn't even mention his name. No. It was just, and I thought... And I didn't even feel like... Like, I know she felt obviously felt bad about whatever Kang did wrong, but she didn't even mention, like, any of the pals she made or yeah. any of that. And then as soon as she's in there and you're about to get scared and turns out she's best mates with all of the people in the quantum realm, it's like, what, mm, why weren't you even talking about it, though? Yeah. I also think that I have absolutely no idea why the wasp's name is in this title because the <laughs> yeah, only the only character development Hope had was a hair change. That was it. Yeah. And if they're referring to Janet as the wasp, then I can maybe understand it a little bit because they could be. But this film, like Evangeline Lilly has had quite a poor role, I think, with, with mm. all of these films and she's had no character development. Mm. Their relationship is the least believable romantic relationship I think we've seen in the MCU. I forgot they were even romantically exactly. involved. Like they're meant to be a couple. They didn't hold hands, they didn't There's kiss. No chemistry. They didn't even look nothing. into each other's eyes until like the very, very, very end. There's absolutely nothing. No. Like when he gets pulled back in at the end to fight Kang on his own. She is not asked. She's like, oh right, okay. He's gone. Yeah. Um, See you in thirty years. The Mordock stuff was not funny That's to me in the came slightest. To mind again. And I think this is again, um, I think this is the, so the MCU used to make me really laugh. Mm. There was quite a lot of jokes that really, like, I mean, even as as, as not that long ago as Shang-Chi, like Shang-Chi made me really, really laugh. It did. Now, I can't say I laughed at Ant-Man much, although I did have a bit more of a... I think there was a couple of titters. There was a couple. Like that goo thing that was like, I don't have any holes. Yeah. That one made me And smile. I quite like the joke about how many holes do you have. Yeah. That was quite funny. And then the guy that read his mind was like seven. Yeah. <laughs> I did, there was a few. I mean, but it's still not getting me like it used no. to. I mean, nothing is as bad as all of it. Which I said I would leave in phase four. But I'm bringing it into phase Here five. And so Mordok, I didn't find it funny... If they thought to put CGI out like that was like they were in on the joke, look how shit the CGI is, everyone's been laughing at our CGI, so we're going to make it even worse. If they, Even if they did it to be twee, it was god-awful. looked like worse than Doctor Who kind yeah. of CGI. Murdoch had no business looking like that. I quite liked the story that it was Darren Cross from the first film. Yeah. I thought that was quite cool. But other than that, I was like, yeah. no, you look... What was that thing in Doctor Who where they were, like, in a tank? The face of Bo. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. In fairness, a lot of this film felt a bit like Doctor Who. Yeah. Doctor Who mixed with Star Wars. Yeah, can get that. And I actually think 
I felt like Loki was like Doctor Who. And obviously Loki and Kang. The TV show? Yeah, have quite a similar vibe and mm. similar stories. So I don't know if that's what they're going for, but... Of the um, Marvel TV shows I've watched, I think Loki's one of my faves. Yeah, same. Yeah. One mm. Division. Yeah. Loki. And I actually... Re- She-Hulk really grew on me and I think it had some real ups. And I think that final episode yeah. was... was quite bold um but i also think introducing kang kind of flopped a bit yeah it wasn't really like this big thing like we're expecting him to be like the villain of all villains aren't we are we well he's like the next thanos aren't we yeah yeah and like kang variants are the destroyers of timelines essentially aren't they yeah so, it should, be, should like... be a lot bigger. But then maybe it was just like, this is the tease before it really hits the high stakes. Well, yeah, but I just much prefer... I wasn't very teased by it then. No, I much prefer them kind of teasing a main villain like they did with Thanos, kind of in post-credits and like heart. He was never the main villain. Did you stay film. for all of the post credits? On this one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen. Yeah. No, but we had Kang in the main yeah. film as well, whereas Thanos was like teased in Guardians yeah. post credits and stuff. And then he just rocked up at Infinity War and you were like, oh, wow, this yeah. is like. And I also worry that their power of like controlling time and like just wiping timelines off almost isn't really that interesting because it's like it's so big that oh you can just wipe a few times it's like you can't wrap you know like with climate change people say they can't wrap their head around yeah like the the multiverse is that big it's like you can't wrap your head around what the consequences actually would be because and don't take this to be the villain sympathizing that it will sound like but what are the consequences of pruning a timeline? Because if you wipe something out of existence on a scale of the multiverse, there's nobody around to remember that it was there. So exactly. there aren't, So there aren't any consequences. And I just have a feeling, like, I know we're getting more of a gist now of where this is building to. So going right to the end with the mid credit scene, all of the Kang variants are kind of having this meeting and concerned about Earth 616's obsession with the multiverse. Because obviously we've seen a few bits now, Mm. Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. Yeah. And and we can kind of see where it's heading. You know, it's going to be some kind of multiversal incursion, as they call it. Mm. But if it stays like this, I just want them to get past the multiverse saga and move on to whatever the next one's going to be, because I am not anywhere near as bought in as I was. I remain... A few years ago. I remain um, cautiously optimistic that the multiverse saga is going to become something great. But so far it could definitely go either way. I'm hoping I can just, with Guardians 3, just, like, kick back and just enjoy it for it to be Guardians 3. Yeah. Because I have a feeling, like, with them saying it's, like, the last Guardians 
in the current team that we're getting. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just going to be quite standalone and not. But I just felt like to introduce Kang, you should have had like more Avengers, more. I don't know, like a like almost like an Avengers film, like a first one. But I just, I just, I just think. It was like, right, let's make write a mo- write a Marvel film to introduce Kang, our next bag, big bad villain, and they almost had like a ticky box of mm. this, this, this. Yeah, right, we've yeah. got all that. Like, yeah, there was some ingen- like quite creative ideas with where it was, where it was, some of the creatures. Oh, um, I think let's take this opportunity mid rant to credit the world building for the quantum yeah. realm because you know, that is some impressive work. Strange world. Yeah, I got that. I was like, a is lot this of strange a live world. Action? Strange world already. Yeah, which no, I enjoyed see, it. But, um... Um, oh, one other thought on Modoc as well. Having watched Puss in Boots recently, did you not just think of Humpty Dumpty? Humpty Dumpty, and then Lord Farquaad. No, <laughs> I was gonna say, and then I was listening to our friends on the Cine Mile. Yeah, and Kathy said that, and I was like, oh, same. So it's not just me. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I did like some of the visuals. I did like some of the world building. I thought that like I liked the diversity of animals and yeah. things. I liked the sea of probabilities where he could see. That was very bit. cool. It was quite actually. trippy. Yeah, like, but it was quite. I did think that was quite cool. That was probably a high point. Yeah. Of the film yeah. in total. Um, yeah. And I did feel, yeah, yeah. I did feel um, I was into it by then. Tell you one joke I did laugh at, talking about the world building. Yeah. It was like, does that building move? Is is that building alive? Yeah, and he went, why are yours dead? (laughs) Or something like that. And then Aren't yours? (laughs) That made me giggle. Yeah. Um, So... What did you think of Cassie? Meh. Mm. I feel like... The, the whole, like, activism thing at the start, which we've already established was a bit underwritten anyway, was very generic and very catering to the Gen Z um, demographic, I think, without actually giving her any true passion or thought, which is yeah. a shame, because it's it could have I mean. been it cool. It doesn't feel like any of it is thought through in the level it used to be thought through. Yeah, definitely. Like, even Black Panther, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, Shang-Chi, which, it, like, there's definitely been more misses than hits since mm. Endgame. Mm. And it's like, I just don't know if they've gone too broad, like, with know. it all. But I just thought Cassie was just meh. Especially because I think that, like, you know, in a film, you get to a point where there's, like, this is the moral of the story or, like, this is the crux of the matter. To me, watching this film, most of the characters had nothing to do with the crux of the matter or the moral of the story. It was that small conversation when Modoc was dying or just before Modoc was dying and Cassie was like, it's never too late to stop being a dick. And it really felt like it lingered on that. And I do like that message. But it's not like 
the most profound script writing ever and it was two of the not most profound characters either well that's what I mean I think it wanted me to feel like the big theme was family and, yeah. and Scott and Cassie's relationship yeah and how he'd missed so many years with her during the blip because yeah. some of these things were touched on but it's like when the credits rolled I felt nothing it's yeah. like with all of and thunder when the when love and thunder jump up and mm. that's his daughter I couldn't give a shit no it same. didn't it, I remember the credits went up and I went oh right like cool is that it yeah. like and it's just so underwritten oh speaking of love and thunder oh don't the villain in that though was God. way cooler and scarier than Kang was in what this. I'm thinking about Kang is I really like Jonathan Majors a lot Same. so I can cope with his performance yes. although I thought in the post credits when he was doing all his Egyptian version and all of his was a bit I was like oh I don't I don't really like that well, all of his variants like be a variant but <laughs> it doesn't mean it's like we'll have one from Egypt and we'll have one from wherever and I just thought that I didn't like that Fair. Um, but He's good, and I think maybe we'll look back on it and say that was a tiny part of Kang. Mm. Because we're going to see so many more versions. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I'm reserving judgment on the Kang thing just until it's like properly established who he is. Yeah. Is, you know, from what if? Yeah. The one that's like watching all of the stuff go on. The Watcher. Is that Kang? No, I don't think so. Because that person played a very similar role to Kang who we meet in Loki. And I was like, is it the same Kang who we met in Loki was he who remains, wasn't he? Yeah. And he was at the end of time. Yeah. And he kind of warned about... Yeah. This is what happened as well. So he warned about other Kangs. Mm. And then the Kang in this film said... Warned about other Kangs. He warned this is the, his death will be the start of something terrible. Yeah. Which I did actually find quite funny when we kind of bookend the film with Scott Lang reading out his memoirs. And then also at the end of the film we've and got he's like having like that little personal like crisis. In a dialogue and he's like, oh, we saved the world again. That was super oh, relatable. Because he just said, if I die, it's the start of something terrible. What have I done? What have I done? It was quite light and throthy. It was so relatable, though, because if you've never just been walking along having a really nice day and suddenly you remember something that you did that you're like, oh, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. All the time. I think that that lightness and frothiness of Ant-Ant films... (laughs) Sound like a wasp there. Um, Frothiness of Ant-Man films... Yeah didn't match the consequences of bringing Marvel's next big bad, I think. Yeah, no, that's fair. So, yeah, I don't really know. I think we've come to a reasonable conclusion. And I must say, you know how sometimes we talk ourselves up? I might have talked myself down a bit. Well, star rating. Well, I gave it a strong three. I think I'm still on three, but it's not quite as strong. So I gave it a low three, mm. and I think 
now I've thought about it, I would probably be two. Mm. And it's very sad for me to say that. Mm. Because. Oh, bless you. Um, and, yeah. And I've not rushed back, have you noticed? Because I normally I always see my Marvel films twice. Oh, God, here we go. It's that time of day, everyone. It's this segment. Let me just get my gay dar out. I wasn't done. Oh, are you not? <laughs> no. Well, I was going to get it while you were doing your sentence, and then you Can I just stopped. do another couple of other sentences? Yeah. So, I just wanted to discuss the box office. What about it? Well, it opened all right for an Ant-Man film, but had the second biggest weekend drop in Marvel franchise history. So it dropped by 70% in its second weekend. Wow. So what I am starting to get a little bit concerned about, and I'm sure Kevin Feige is, and I'm sure some of the other Disney Marvel execs are, have we finally got where people are either fatigued by Marvel, Mm. so that's why they're slowing down, or is it this diminishment in quality... Is what is putting people off because it didn't score very well. So people say, "Oh, I would have thought it's probably a combination of the two. Well, I think as well. The audience score on Rotten Tomatoes was quite good, but they always call they use what they call the cinema score in America, where they poll people leaving, yeah. and it got a B, which is quite low for Marvel. Yeah. Um. So we say. Like, to me, that sounds like the first weekend, you'll always get the Marvel fans queuing up. Like, yeah. I'll always go probably the first weekend. Yeah. When I start not to, that's when Feige should really worry. But <laughs> Take note, Kevin yeah. Feige. <laughs> um, but it's just really, we'll see what's happening. And especially now DC are potentially going to mm. get the shit sorted. Yeah. Marvel have got to start yeah. going. So did I say my star rating? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, yeah, go on, go on. Am I right to get the gaydar out now? You are, yes, yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't a sound effect added in, editing anyone. Everyone. I love this part. Let me just calibrate the readings. Um, as expected. <laughs> It's as camp as a row of tents, but it's been pissing it down with rain. So they're all like wet and soggy. Yeah. And disappointing. I don't know what rain does, yeah. Yeah. Right? Well. <laughs> Thanks for that. And that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate, and comment on your podcasting platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Gaze on Film Pod. And check out our letterboxed accounts. Accounts. Links are in the show notes. <gasps> Hold up. I what? want to mention something. Go on. In this outro. We are also now doing monthly blog posts on my mum's blog. Well, like guest articles. Yeah. Mum's blog is called bestbeforeenddate.com. Best before end date dateblog.com you put it in you'll find it whatever Um, and we'll be doing monthly contributions of kind of what to watch on film and TV coming up in the month Um, so check that out March's one is out 
Um, and there's a mixture of five films and TV shows that you can watch. Um, do you know what it is? What the URL? Yeah. Bestbeforeenddate.com. There we go. So, yeah. Uh, and for this episode, we'll pop a link in the show notes just so you've got a little intro. You know what's funny? She doesn't even listen. So, she won't... Well, she won't mind that we'll only put go. the link in this episode then. She won't then. go, oh, I heard your little shout out. I shouldn't be nothing. No. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's back to normal uh, script. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So, please do feel free to drop us a message, especially on this one do you think marvel is diminishing did you like it whatever let me know let us know sorry um i've been declan and i have been ned and this has been gaze on film thanks for listening bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.